0: Self-doubt The questions arise, one question at a time. The doubts creep in, pinning me down. I got no answers, but even if I did, doubts don't want to hear them. The answers don't matter. Doubts grow stronger, louder, brighter, The self recoils to the dark corner, afraid to see any more question marks, terrified of the answers and scars, stuck in a cycle of seeing both all the time. Self-doubt, delusion, it's all the self really knows, second-guessing itself by default. The self remains in the darkness, the fire burnt out. The self doubts it all, there's no light, it sees nothing, it can only hear the outside confirmation of doubts, it trusts made-up stories, rumors, strangers and experts, inadequate the self locks itself and bathes in ashes, of doubts burnt question marks, of dreams burnt in self-doubt. Welcome to the Memento Mori Lab Podcast. I'm Myra, your host and creative friend. Usually, I put out an episode every couple of weeks, but it's been a while. What can I say? Self-doubt and resistance got the better of me. But I'm here now, and hopefully that's what matters. First off, let's make it clear that this isn't like a motivational gig. I'm not here to tell you myself, we need to believe in ourselves. If it were that easy, self-doubt wouldn't even really exist. One search on Pinterest for motivational quotes and our problems would be solved. And I would love to come here and tell you that I believe in myself and that I know how you can believe in yourself too, so that you'd never struggle with self-doubt again. But that's just not how it goes. The thing about self-doubt is that, at least for me, it's like it festers and it grows. It's like I'm cultivating it somehow. The more attention I give it, the more it blossoms. Usually, it starts off as a little seed when I have an idea. The idea comes and soon after comes this little voice questioning whether it's a good idea and if I should really do it. And then it questions if I can really execute it. More often than not, we don't even give ourselves time to build on the initial idea. Self-doubt gets to us from the beginning and burns the idea to the ground. And sorry if it wasn't clear, but this episode is going to be all about self-doubt in the creative process. So after the idea, sometimes we manage to go through with it. But the battle is far from over. The thing is, the creative process is about making decisions every step of the way. If you're drawing, each line is the decision you're making. If you're writing, each word. If you're playing an instrument, each note. And each decision is another opportunity for self-doubt to creep in. We question whether the line is good like this or it could be better like that. We obsess over adjectives and criticize ourselves for using too many adverbs. These are all relevant questions and a part of growing as an artist. You need to analyze your work and see what you can do better, but they have a time and place, which are definitely not when we are first creating something. But self-doubt doesn't seem to differentiate and it quickly tells us that it's not good enough. One part of this is probably because we tend to compare our work to others. Which, comparing by itself is already like the death of our creative process. But not only that, we compare our first drafts to others' finished pieces. And that's absurd. You know, I've mentioned here before that I'm learning how to write scripts. And I'm trying to write a TV show. And damn, it's not an easy task. But what drives me crazy is the fact that I cannot assess whether my first draft, my scenes or my writing are any good. At times I think it's okay, other times I think it sucks. And like a snowball effect, questions arise, becoming more powerful by the minute. Is any of this good? Is this idea original enough? Will I ever make it? as a writer. There are many other better writers. Why bother doing any of this at all? Self-doubt gets the better of me, and I get on the edge of tossing it all out the window. But, you know, I paid for the course, so (laughs) I'm not gonna do that. And maybe that's how accountability can help, in a way, you know? Like, I have to keep doing it. But it drives me crazy that I don't know how to make it better because i don't have something that i can look for to compare it to you know we don't have something to compare it to there are no public first drafts of famous tv shows i would love nothing more than to see the first few drafts and see the edits they made to try and understand the process you know but there aren't any or if there are it's very few and not as reliable. But One reason is probably bureaucratic bullshit. But a second reason is probably that the writers don't want that to be public. Because they probably think it's horrible. And they don't want anyone to see that. Why would they? This also segues to another part of this whole self-doubt and comparison thing. We tend to assume that the people who made it, who we look up to, know it all. Or at least they know something that we mere peasants don't. That might be the case on some occasions, but what if they don't? Of course, experience makes a huge difference. But what if these successful people feel just as clueless as we do most of the time? What if they feel ungodly amounts of self-doubt, fear, shame, despair, just like the rest of us? Maybe the only difference is that they found a way to do the work regardless. Perhaps they found a way to trust their instincts, trust their gut, you know? Creativity is much more intuitive than we think. Sure, knowing the format, the right words and having the experience and so on is helpful, of course. The instinctive nature of how we tell stories and how we communicate regardless of your art is much more important. The ones that quote-unquote made it found a way to get shit done and follow their instincts first. Then comes revisions, cuts, edits, and improvements. None of that happens on a blank page. There are no edits to be made on a blank page. There's nothing to be improved. The tricky part about self-doubt is that we cannot just get rid of it completely. Some self-doubt can be beneficial to us because it means we're questioning ourselves, which often leads to growth. Overconfidence might just get us stuck because there's nothing to grow towards. Problem is we often have too much self-doubt and the scales are completely off. There is no balance. Self-doubt usually leads me down the road of the quote-unquote I am not good enough story. Because we question our every move, we end up not believing that we can do anything right. Which then leads to not wanting to do anything at all. And that's where I was for a couple weeks, or even more than that. I just didn't want to do anything. I didn't see the point in doing anything. Society has always established certain standards, and anyone that ever felt slightly off was inadequate. The group around that person will either force them to become adequate or cast them out of the group. So perhaps self-doubt, like most of our internal fears and struggles, is meant to protect us. As social animals, our goal is to remain in the tribe, because if we don't belong, if we don't have a community, we die. Even though that's far from true nowadays, our lizard brains haven't caught up yet. Maybe the path to more confidence and less self-doubt is first understanding that self-doubt is a defense mechanism. Its goal is not to destroy our creative process, even though that's what it feels like sometimes. The goal is to protect us. One step further is to understand why it has so much power over us, For me, and I guess for many of us, the feeling of inadequacy stems from childhood. Any mental illnesses or traumas or neurological differences will definitely contribute to a lack of confidence and an overly present self-doubt. I have ADHD and I was diagnosed when I was young, but back then all they said was ADHD was that the kid would get easily distracted, and easily absorbed by activities they enjoyed. That was it. So my parents didn't read too much into it. I was distracted, you know, whatever. They already had a lot on their plate, because my older sister had um, neurological and physical disabilities. So I mean, ADHD didn't seem like it would affect me much, you know. And this isn't an episode about ADHD, so I won't go into many details of it. But ADHD is a attention deficit hyperactivity disorder and it entails a lot more than just being distracted. The brain just works differently and things that are easy and ordinary to neurotypical people can be a huge challenge for people with ADHD. There's also a hyper vigilance that comes with it because you don't want to make any mistakes, you know. As with any neurological differences, mental illnesses, and/or disorders, no one can really understand what that human goes through, right? Unless they have something similar. We can sure talk more about ADHD stuff if you guys are interested, so just let me know on IG at memento.mori.lab and we can elaborate on this. But something like that just ends up building ears and ears of this inadequacy feeling. Because you don't fit the standard. Like when we work out, we build muscle, right? Repetition over the years makes our muscles stronger and accustomed to specific movements. And the same goes for our mindset and, our, and how our brain works. So self-doubt was always working out, in a way. We've been practicing it for years, every fucking day, ever since we were toddlers, even before we can remember. Self-doubt has grown strong. Sometimes we default to external validation as an antidote for self-doubt. Does it work? Nope, but we do it anyway. Maybe sometimes it works for like a second, but unfortunately self-doubt and imposter syndrome go hand in hand. So if we don't have self-confidence, we cannot take in the compliments or the validation. We don't really believe in them. Do we? Imposter syndrome is basically when you get external validation like a compliment, a promotion, or anything that shows how highly others think of you and you just don't believe in it. You can't. Self doubt is too present. In my case, whenever I get a compliment, I always default to they are just being nice to me. Especially if the validation comes from friends and family then I am 100% convinced that they are just saying things because they're nice people when they love me. So my wife gets mad that I don't buy into her compliments in regards to my creative work, but I'm just like, you're biased. If you have a similar experience, you know that it's nearly impossible to take the compliment and really internalize it, right? I guess regardless of external validation and compliments, this Journey has to start from within. We need to build our self-confidence and our self-trust muscles. Only then will we be able to see our value and believe others when they see something in us too. And I think when you have that self-confidence, the external validation becomes a lot less relevant. Like... It's nice to hear it, but deep down it doesn't change much, just like criticism becomes a lot less powerful. Trusting our instincts in the creative process is hard, especially after so many years of suppressing it in fear of being inadequate. But guess what? I have a feeling most people feel inadequate. They just don't all come on to podcasts and say it out loud, but they all feel it. And with that in mind, let's go to a poem. Mud. My footsteps faded while I stood still. My mind kept on pushing. My mind kept on pulling. The spiral dragged me downward through the mud of uncertainty. My hands searched for a lifeline, Desperately trying to hold on to anything, an empty compliment, a moment of pride, of joy. All I found was evidence I was in the right place. Someday I'll climb back up, show myself I can do it. But not today. I am exhausted. I'll stay down here, thank you. Contemplating the emptiness, a deflated ego and mediocre thoughts, wondering if I'll ever be good enough. I'm trying to figure out how to build my self-trust. The only thing I've been doing is pay closer attention to my thoughts and notice when this voice of self-doubt or criticism comes up. Just by noticing it I realize how often they come up and how much they are just trying to protect me. So then I can remind myself that it doesn't matter if I create something bad because well first I don't need to share it with anyone if I truly find it horrible and second It can be edited, reworked, and made better. Third, what is my instinct telling me deep down? Is this something I have to do? Like I have to keep trying and have to keep going? Then I'm going to do it. To be honest, it's hard to listen to my intuition. That voice is faint. But I'm hoping that the more I focus on it and try to nurture it somehow, the stronger it becomes. The greatest antidote to self-doubt, I think it's compassion. We need to learn how to be kind to ourselves. Be honest. Would you ever say the things you say to yourself, to anyone that you love? Or anyone at all? The way we talk to ourselves matters and we need to be mindful of that. If a friend of yours was drowning in self-doubt and came to you for help, what would you say to them? Maybe that's what we should be saying to the mirror, how do you deal with self-doubt? Hit me up on Instagram at memento.mori.lab and let's talk about it. As always, thank you so much for listening. I hope I can be more consistent now with the episodes, but no promises here because, you know, creativity is a beast. It would mean the world to me if you took a couple of minutes to subscribe to the podcast. And if you are on Apple Podcasts or somewhere that you can leave a review, that would also be great. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks for hanging around till the end. See ya!